0: Hello, it's Miss Melna, Gen Z, coming to you from the internet. So today I will be telling you all about part two of a societal horror story. So basically, in the first part that, that I wrote, it, it is about a, a pair of siblings, Mandy and Malik, and they're basically stuck in like a modern day indentured servitude type thing, with with this landlord named Mr. Blue Blood and you know he is um a wealthy man and and he basically has him do all of his chores and like just treats them horribly and it's just it's it's just a not good situation. So Mandy and Malik want to leave and they have plans on doing so. So our last scene that we are that we heard about was between Mandy and Mr Blue Blood after after Mandy and Malik came back to the apartment complex, like, a little late, not too late, but after they came back a little late, Mr. Blueblood was upset about this. So, as as Mandy and Malik were putting up the groceries, he asked Malik if he can leave. And then, Mandy is the only one there. And then, things get really heated between the two. Like, Mandy... After all of the questioning that Mr. Blue Blood gives Mandy, she answers like, the bus was late, the bus was late. But he, for some reason, he doesn't believe her, which is, wow. Well, so yeah, he doesn't believe them. And, and he decides to keep questioning her. And at one point, I guess she just stops answering because she knew that even if she was to answer even more, he would just be... More and more upset, so he decides to take out violence on her and he breaks her wrist with the chain out of his toolbox and that was the last scene we were on. And now here is for part two of a societal horror story. I hope you all enjoy. Two minutes earlier, Malik is in his and Mandy's apartment. He starts packing their suitcases and goes into the kitchen to get the bus money that Mandy told him to make sure that he has. Malik reaches under the sink, grabs the money, then hears a knock at the door. Hearing a knock at the door and knowing that no one else is supposed to know about their departure soon, he puts the money in his back pocket. Store it away. He can hear a person humming, so he wonders who it is. He gets a kind of sense in his gut, but, you know. So, Malik looks through the peephole and Karen is at the door. She looks around their apartment when he opens the door. Can I come in? Karen asks. Yes, that should be fine, Malik responds hesitantly. Karen walks around by the front door, then sits on the couch. She, she slowly hits her fingers on the furniture and watches Malik go inside his refrigerator. So why are you two leaving soon? Karen asks. Malik pauses and checks his watch. He turns around and looks at Karen. We don't like being here. I can tell it's stressing Mandy out and Mr. B is not a nice person, Malik says. Malik turns around to check his watch again. Karen looks around the apartment. Those are some nice artworks, she says enthusiastically. Malik starts packing water bottles into his book bag in the kitchen. Yeah, thanks. I paint them and sell them sometimes. Karen gets up from the couch. She walks over to the artwork and touches some of the pink strokes on the painting. Malik side-eyes her and checks for his watch again. He starts to sweat and opens the window across the apartment. Karen looks at him. Is there something wrong, she asks. Um... Nothing. Uh, you know, it's just that Mandy was supposed to be here five minutes ago, he responds. Karen goes over to Malik and looks him in his eyes. Is everything okay with Mandy? Why is it that you're the only one here, she asks. Well, Mandy is putting up the other half of the groceries, but she's been at there too long. It usually takes less time than this, and I'm worried that something might be going on. Malik walks away from Karen and goes to the window. He, he listens outside of the staircase on the balcony. After listening for a few seconds, Malik sits on the stairs. He looks up at Mr. Blue Blood's window and tries to listen to the conversation, but a lot of it sounds muffled. He continues to look at the window and starts to speak to Karen. It seems like they're having a normal conversation. Karen walks up to Malik at the window and asks, "May I use your bathroom?" Karen asks. Malik continues to look at the window where Mr. Blueblood is, is speaking to Mandy. He he squints at the window and looks back at Karen. "Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I don't I don't care." he says. Karen walks in the bathroom. At first, she walks very slowly. Then she starts to speed up her pace. When she arrives at the bathroom, she walks in and locks the door. She looks at the mirror, but something doesn't seem quite right. It looks a little loose. So, she takes a mini screwdriver from out of her purse and starts to unscrew some of the window. Of the apartment first. Then she goes back to the mirror and unscrews that as well. Behind it, she finds piles and piles of cash stored into the wall. Her eyes begin to grow big. Malik starts to hear Mr. Blueblood's voice getting a little bigger. So he goes up a few steps to see what's going on. But he still can't hear them completely he begins to go up a few more steps so that he is halfway there out of nowhere he hears a chain then a scream and he realizes that that scream is mandy's and he starts to run up the stairs since mr Blueblood has really high windows malik starts to run up even more stairs he arrives at the window and and breaks it with his fist and opens the window from there Mr. Blueblood turns around and looks at him and Mandy looks at Malik as well tears in her eyes and screaming even more and more she's holding onto her wrist and Malik looks at Mr. Blueblood he runs into the apartment and takes the chain he hits it up against the nose of Mr. Blueblood and breaks it Mr. Blueblood starts to scream and runs into his bathroom he runs over to Mr. Blueblood's kitchen and puts Mandy on his back and starts to walk down the stairs. Knowing that he wasn't going fast enough, he starts to carry Mandy in his arms and runs down to their apartment and puts Mandy through the window onto the couch. And he he jumps in there too. They lock the window and they start to gather some of their things so they can leave. Just as Mandy tries to sit up on the couch and she runs to the bathroom, but she sees that it's locked. She starts to bang on the door. Who's in the bathroom? Karen is still in the bathroom and she quickly looks at the mirror and screws it back on, leaving the wall empty. Karen opens the door and sees Mandy there. She's smiling to see Mandy. Hi, Mandy. Oh, um, what's wrong with your wrist? Is it okay? Mandy looks at her with her eyes big. No, my wrist is not okay. I think it's broken. Karen wishes her good luck, and she runs to the kitchen. She sees Malik sitting on the floor, packing up the rest of the bags, and she she quickly slips some money out of the back of his pocket and runs out of the apartment. Since Malik is so busy trying to get everything together, he doesn't even see her. Malik goes into the kitchen drawer and finds some wrap that he can wrap around Mandy's wrist. He runs to the bathroom and opens the door. He sees Mandy sitting on the edge of the bathtub and takes some of the wrap out of the plastic and wraps it around Mandy's wrist. After this, her and him walk over to their book bags. They exit out of the stairs in the back of the apartment building. Mandy is able to walk little by little since her wrist hurts really badly. She then begins to run, and so does Malik. They both have their book bags on, and they run to the nearest bus station. What time is it, Malik? Mandy asks. It's 3.14. I think the bus is going to be here soon. Then we can leave and never look back and never, ever, ever come back to this apartment, Malik says. Mandy has a smile of hope on her face. Malik takes out his phone. His eyes grow big. He looks at the phone again, then back at Mandy. Mandy, the bus has already come. What are we going to do? At first, Mandy is worried, but then she remembers that yesterday, she scheduled for a cab to pick them up at at that exact location and at that exact time. She checks her phone to track the cab. The person should be here soon. Don't worry. I, unfortunately, I knew that this would probably happen because sometimes the bus just comes at really wonky times. I see her. She's driving down the street. Okay, I'm about to call her Malik. Um hello, who is this? Hi, my name is Mandy. Um, I see that you're like down the street. I'm the person with the wrap on my on my wrist and I'm standing next to a tall guy. He's about six feet and he's wearing purple pants. Okay, um, I'll see you, and, um, I'm pulling up right now. Okay, bye. Mandy hangs up the phone call, and she sees the cab coming towards them. She gets in and immediately tells the lady where they're going. Malik carries both of their bags and runs right behind Mandy and puts them in the trunk of the car. The cab lady looks at Mandy's profile it seems that you don't have any type of card with us. Um, is everything okay? Yes, everything's fine. We're just going to be paying with cash, if that's okay. The lady looks back at Mandy, then at Malik. Hesitantly, she says, Um, yeah, that's fine. We'll be at your destination in about ten minutes. Ten minutes later, they arrive at their destination. Mandy gets out the car and slams the door. Malik gets out on the other side. Malik walks up to the cab lady in order to pay her for her driving them. He checks his back pocket, and there's no money there. The lady realizes that Malik doesn't have any money, and she looks back at him. She she begins to grow angry. What do you mean you don't have any money? You didn't check and see if you had any money? Mandy is in pure shock as she looks at her brother. He looks back at her, then back at the car lady. No, 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 no. I had money. It was in my back pocket. I remember it because Karen came in and... He pauses. Malik looks at the sky and realizes what happened. The cab lady looks at Malik and then at Mandy. Well, since you two can't pay me at all... I have to take you back to the apartment. Mandy and Malik get back in the car. Malik looks at the lady. Are you sure there's like nothing else that we can do? Like, please, we really need to get out of here. The lady looks at Mandy. No, there's nothing else you can do. Either you get in this car or I take your suitcases. They stay in the car. And they drive back to the apartment complex. Mandy starts to cry. And so does Malik. They both look out of their individual windows. And start to quietly sob. The end. And that was part two of my urban societal horror story. I hope you all enjoyed it. This has been Miss Mel and Z signing off.